This week on Kettle of Fish, comedian Michael Haynes stops by to talk about saving America. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Welcome to Kettle of Fish, the show where we chat with actors, comedians, artists, scientists, musicians, magicians, models, and now astronauts about life, love, and the creative process. I am your seafaring podcasting captain of the internet airwaves, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you as always from the top of Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my Trump-bashing, fascist-smashing, Ivanka anti-fashing supporter, the Putin to my pudding pop. The Maven. The Putin. I'm, I'm, I don't understand that. The Putin to your pudding pop? It just sounded funny. I was going to say. I'm like. How also, did- our <laughs> intro is fake news because now that the ignorance equation is no That's more, true. we're always saying an on political show but we usually yeah. end up talking about politics yeah, so you're right that's true you said last episode we need to redo the intro i yeah. think it's about time but i love the jingle i don't know if i could repeat yeah i don't know that we'll have to yeah and it's uh it's been a week let me tell you although i did the coolest thing i've seen this week uh one of my coworkers showed to me it is actual trump quotes put with zap brannigan memes and they're perfect. They are indistinguishable, actually. If they exactly are. As, as human animated beings. Yes. You would never be able to tell if you didn't know that it was Trump who said those things and not Zap. It so. sounds like a, um, what is that? You don't know Jack category. Yep. Zap if, Brannigan. It, this or that. Zap Brannigan or Donald Trump. Yep. It was perfect. So that's the best thing I've seen this week. I highly encourage everyone Google's. Not our Zap chicken Brady. that went missing two weeks ago, walking down the road like she was just returning from a fucking babe in the city adventure. That that was yeah. So two weeks ago, we thought one of our chickens was killed. We just saw there were feathers in the coop. The chicken was gone in the morning, um, and that has happened to us many many times. So twice the actor chicken. She set the stage for us to think she was actually exactly. dead. Fake so, their own death. That's usually what happens when a predator gets into the chickens and one of them is no longer alive. And we've seen it umpteen times. And I was just glad that there was no carcass this time because that's worse. Um, And Nick's out on the front porch. and He's like, hey, have DJ, that's our son, go get the chicken. And I'm like, which chicken? And I look out there and I'm like, holy shit, it's the missing chicken. We thought she was dead. And it is casually walking down the road like it just returned from spring break. Like, dude, anybody got my doll? I'm fucking hungover. And I'm like, why did the chicken cross the road? I don't fucking know, but she'll come back two weeks later. Yeah, that was crazy. I can't believe a chicken had that much of a homing instinct to return. It's a homing chicken. (sighs) It is A homer chicken, chicken, like a homer pigeon. We should start writing notes on it and sending it out to the world. There you go. That's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. All right, let me get my co-host in here. And a girl who is doing a double header today while double fisting beers. Real simple one this episode, Fern a Moist Voice. Hey, well, not double not double fisting, single fisting, but certainly making that one hand, you know, do its do its due diligence. I, I, I find the whole chicken thing funny because I was on the phone with you and you were talking about the chicken. I'm like, so 
why did it cross the road? And you're like, obviously to get home. Like you guys travel so much, even your pets go on holiday. Seriously. <laughs> exactly. like, you guys go so many places that even your chickens are like, hey, they can go out of town. You know what? I'm just going to kick out, yeah. go do a poker game, go on a bender, and I'll be back later. I don't know right. when I'll be back, but I'll be back. Yeah, pretty much. Like I said, the chicken left a bunch of feathers. I think it was a plot. I think the chicken works for the deep state. Right. Or the KFC cabal. There you go. That's what it is. Maybe it was feeling unloved. And, you know, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. So maybe it was feeling like it wasn't getting enough attention either from the other chickens Mm -hmm. or from you guys or whatnot. And it was like, hey, let me just disappear for a little while. I'll leave some feathers here, make them worry, but... I'll be back, and they'll just love me more. Like, the good it was news a, a, a is... whole mind game. Your chickens are playing mind games with you. Yeah, the crying game with us. Y'all are... The good no. news is, it wasn't foul play. <laughs> uh, we get a laugh chirp, track chirp, in here? Chirp, uh, All right, <laughs> we're about to go on break for a month as yes. we hit the road, and we're going to actually do a dark August update that you can find in a tin cannery on the network. But we're about to hit the road and do some recording with some pretty cool people. We will keep that under wraps. Actually, some filming with some pretty cool people. But where can people find us while we're on break? Because, you know, us little tin can heads need a break, too. Where can people find us to listen to our archives? Yes, if you get lonely for our lovely voices, you can always just go to www.tincan.media. That's all you put in. That's all you type in. Just that. And hit enter. Um, or you can either check us out on iTunes or also on castbox.fm if you are specifically looking for our Kettle of Fish and Musical Osmosis series. So, yeah. Very nice. Get that list looked at. All right. So today's guest I met back when I was writing for If You Only News. He's a comedian and an impressionist. I love his stuff. Um, No giant introduction need. Everybody knows Michael Hayne. Michael, what's up, man? Uh, I, a lot of pressure, man. You've had astronauts on your show? Yes, a couple yes. weeks ago. That's what I heard. You, you, had, you actually had an astronaut on your show. A okay. painting so is astronaut. It the, is it the space, space Force? Is he fighting in the Space Force? <laughs> it's a she, and she's retired. And she kind of recoiled when I brought up Space Is her name Force. Ivanka? That's all I need to know if her name is Ivanka. <laughs> no, Ivanka's not going into space, sir. Sorry, we can't help you there. Uh, Although I think all the Trumps should go into space and live on the moon. That'd be a good place for them. Start building <laughs> yes. casinos. Colonize the moon, build casinos. We'll, have, we'll call it Trump bucks. That'll be currency. We'll call it Trump <laughs> bucks. That'd be fantastic. Fern, we need some Trump bucks. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I'm just thinking of Monopoly money. I'm surprised they haven't made a Trump Monopoly game. I mean, I thought they did make a Trump the game. Trump but gonna happen now. Monopoly-ish, but yeah, no, I, I actually had a lot of fun getting my geek mind brain bent with our astronaut. Um, I get my my gag reflex going and turn on the news and listen to everything Trump. So, you know, there's it's all about balance, right? You got to strike that balance. Yeah, listen to Trump. Sometimes I don't know if I'm watching the news or if I'm watching a season of Breaking Bad. Because, you know, just so much crazy fucked up shit has gone on in such a short period of time that I just can't tell a difference. Well, so. you know, one of the reasons oh. that I'm glad you're on today, because this is me and you kind of oh, really when we were on the same point, right? You were writing for A Few Only News. I was. We were both waxing political and doing political content. And because of all of the fucking horrible shit that happened on my page and that bled into my personal life, 
I've kind of pulled back from politics, but you're a fucking trooper. You're a warrior. You've doubled down. But the other side is so disconnected. Uh, from no, I take, I take, I take vacation. I've had to take a much needed vacation as well. I mean, I did. Uh, I mean, when I did Trump fatigue syndrome, that was the whole point of that. So, like, I kind of myself was the first one to have Trump fatigue syndrome. So, I, I kind of had to step back a bit for my, for my own insanity. I mean, it just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't just every day be grinding, grinding it out. It was, it was one thing when we were dealing with Obama derangement syndrome, but. You know, it's now Trump fatigue syndrome. So I, I kind of had to take a step back and breathe a little bit. So but you are I'm, still I'm not, fighting a good fight where I'm kind of not doing politics at all anymore because it's fucking pointless to me to try to talk to the other side. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, we all we yell at the other side yells. They yell louder. We yell back. No, it is a total shit show. And um it is, it is, it is complete chaos. But I think, I think that there is something, something pretty. There's something beautiful that's 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 going to come of all this. And we're 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 starting to see that the the pushback and uh, not not just with um you know the possibility of Democrats taking back the House, but I mean you really do you 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 are seeing people like that wouldn't have ever existed like Alexandria Cortez and then coming coming about. And, which I don't think would have happened if Hillary were in office. Right. And in right. a way, it's like, I mean, in a way, it's it's really it's it's it is a um, a curse and a blessing. Most days a curse, but um, there there has been some good that has come out of it. Bravo it's interesting to you because, for seeing the silver lining, man. Oh yeah, but I, I've seen people who are like activated now. I'm like motherfuckers. I, I, I was doing this back when Bush was in office. Like I'm tired, you know. I'm taking a nap. I'm taking an old man nap. Because yeah, know, it, it I adds... always tell people I've done my two tours of duties in Nob. Now it's exactly. Time to I'm a retired. I'm retired general now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna appear on a show with like fifty thousand different medals on my on my shirt. You know? <laughs> so it's. I um they so, so that is what's happening. Otherwise, apathetic people are are now like discovering like, hey, there's midterm elections and we have to vote in them. <laughs> okay. And Fern, you've seen so that, the transition that over the years, right? Fern, you've seen how I was on fire for years leading up to this Trump election, this 2016 election, right. rather. And now look where I'm at now. And I think people either burned out ago? or got activated. Yeah, I know, right? It seems like a fucking millennium. Like Trump though. years, I really, I, yeah. It's like feels like 2050 now. I know we've we've already we already have like the uh, Ivanka's her kids. They have an exploratory committee. I mean, I don't know. And Fern, I was telling you the other day that, like, I'll watch a movie. I watched um, Blade Runner 2049 or whatever the other day. It's like three hours. You like that? No, I didn't. I I didn't really dig it. But I watched it, right, because I'm friends with somebody who was in the first one. And I watched the movie, and when I turned it off, I go, I wonder how much fucked up shit has happened in the three hours I watched this movie. And Fern, that's something I never had to reconcile before. Like, dude, like Trump could have yeah. literally bombed the Vatican in the time it took me to watch Blade Runner. Well, yeah, and, and that's absolutely you know that. true. But, you know, I mean, the news cycles used to be, you know, just boring shit. To be quite honest with you, it wasn't entertaining. It wasn't like the scripted reality show that this regime is now. And it it's not... It's entertainment for a lot of people, but here's the thing. A lot of people are emotionally invested in this. So, yeah, I think I think towards the beginning, like during the primaries, during the general, during the first year, people were so fired up. But I think people are tired of fighting now. 
like really, I know there's still some hateful pricks out there, but for the most part, people are just, they've got bills to pay. They've got grass to cut. They've got kids to raise. They've got back to school to think about. They've got summer vacations. They've got, you know, financial, emotional, they got grass physical to smoke stress. Too. And yeah, well, it's, it's getting tiresome. <laughs> so I think a lot of people are backing up, but the one thing that this has done, and I know it's been a lot of negative, but the one thing it has done is it has gotten some people involved in government where they normally would be more um, lackadaisical or, you know, like you said, apathetic. Um, they are now involved, and it's activating people who were not activated before. And you don't, you don't build an army by recruiting from the other army. You build an army by recruiting from your own people and activating them. And I think that's what you're going to find this November is that these people who are tired of the fighting, the people who are activated in Parkland, the people who are activated in Charlottesville, the people who are activated by the Women's March, like these people are going to go to the polls and they're going to make their voices known. And I hope that it makes a difference. So it is a good thing that, you know, it enlightens some people, but it certainly has degraded the offices that I have respect for and degraded the conversation to a point to where it's hard to communicate with someone who is stuck in the mud. Too true. On that cheery note? Yes, on that cheery note. Okay, I thought you were going to jump in there, Michael. Let's talk about your new character. Hawk, is it McCyanide? Am I pronouncing that right? McCyanide, yes. It's not me. It's not me. He's my crazy crazy right-wing cousin. He's always trying to take my identity, you know. But uh, I always, I always, I always distract him by just saying like, oh, hey, look over there. There's a saying such couple not standing for the flag. And that keeps him busy for a while. Shiny object, shiny object. So well, let me ask you this, man. <laughs> to me, and this happened today, my, my half-brother put up something, and it was like doing all these talking points about illegal immigration, and some of them I actually... Oh, it's your half-brother? You have, it's your half-brother. That's pretty good. It's keeping yeah, more in the family. Mine not the better half. And yeah. he's putting all this stuff up, and here's the difference between a couple years ago and today... Like, I remember, and this was like a while ago, he was like, I'm against gay marriage. Gay marriage is wrong. Gay marriage destroys traditional marriage. And then he evolved on the issue, and he was for gay marriage. He was like, the government needs to stay out of it. He got all libertarian. And I wrote him personally. I said, hey, man, I'm not going to out you on your page, but why did you evolve on gay marriage? And he's like, what are you talking about? I was always for gay marriage. I was like, no, you weren't, dude. And I, you know, me having a mind like a fucking steel trap. I found the post from like 2011 when he was against gay marriage. I screenshot it, sent it to him. And he's like, you're taking what I said out of context. I just meant I didn't want to have to be forced to marry a man at gunpoint by the government. And he is a <laughs> fucking nuclear technician, so he's not an idiot. Uh, but there's this this reflexive urge from the right to rather seem like a crazy person or an idiot to just say I evolved on the issue. And it just makes them impossible to talk to. Well, do they even believe in evolution to evolve on an issue? Well, he's an atheist, so he probably does. He's a very science-based guy. But he's also a guy, like, I was like, you know, I could I could chime in on this and say how Republicans used to be pro-illegal immigration. And when I used to make points like this, they would say, you hate capitalism, get the fuck out of my country. Yeah, Reagan, yeah, Reagan well, and, and uh, the first Bush. Yeah, right. But they're just going to scream fake news, bullshit. Liberals are always wanting to open up the uh, the fucking borders and flood us and kill us and destroy. Us. And it's gotten to a point now where it's like I used to be, I had a show years ago 
where I had someone on and I was like, we were talking about executive orders and this dude was like, Obama's done more executive orders than anyone. And I was like, actually, I have the numbers pulled up here. He's done 147. That's about in the middle for executive orders. That's an average. And he's like, yeah, well, I don't like the executive orders he's done. And I was like, cool. What's the one you had the most problem with? And he's like, well, I don't know any of them. I just know I don't like them. I was like, well, fuck, he could be giving away free blowjobs and donuts. How the fuck do you know you don't like it? But now if I did that today... That same dude to probably. Oh, I don't like donuts. Him. I like eclairs. I don't like donuts. I like eclairs. Well, he There's wouldn't even acknowledge something. it. He'd be like, fake news. Sorry. Obama's done 200,000 million executive orders and it's all been hide, hit by whitewashed by the fucking media. This is what I'm saying, man. I don't know how you. Well, it's fascinating. The, I mean, the, the, the Faustian deal that was presented to them is like, all right, you know, we will. You know, I will totally ruin you. I will take your job. I will destroy everything. But, you know, look, there's. There's a black guy over there who's going to stand for the anthem. You know, just toss a little racist bait, and there you go. And that's what gets them on board. That's that's purely what it is. And that's... that's so how do you that's, break that is, Do you break... The only way to break it is just to destroy them in fucking elections and make them irrelevant again? Is that the game plan? That's it. That's, that's the only way you can really do it. You're not talking to them. You're not working with them. You're not compromising with them. You're not rationalizing with them because you're just going to, you, you will solicit better responses from the fucking mildew on your shower curtain. You don't, you, 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 you don't, you don't, you don't acknowledge that they are breathing the same air as you. All you do is kick the shit out of them in elections. That's all you do. Well, Fern, we had this talk the other day where I was like, you know, Trump's approval rating is staying steady, 40, 42%. Yeah, 42%, 42%, which actually I believe is what Obama's may have been during at, uh, at the midterms in 2010. I think it was, yeah. actually. That's yeah. crazy, right? But also, I used to see people screaming libtard and pussy snowflake on all these comment threads, and now I don't. I actually see a lot of people who are like, dude, I voted for Trump with the trade war. I jump ship or Russia and him kissing up to Putin in Helsinki. I jump ship. Fern, are these polls wrong? Or are all these Trump haters just not even going to like Vox or Slate or The Guardian or NPR post anymore and chiming in? Are they just staying in their little fucking hate groups online? Because I feel you like know, the tides change, but the numbers don't bear it out. I think the one thing we learned from the last election is that polls are not 100%. And, you know, I was a big proponent of, you know, these people going, you know, oh, the polls are fake. Trump's doing better. The polls are fake. Like, I was like, yeah, whatever, bullshit. But I think what what happened was a lot of people were comfortable feeling like Hillary was going to get elected, either didn't go to the polls, or they felt betrayed by the DNC with what happened with Bernie, or some of these, you know, some of these independents who really supported him was like, screw that, you know, this is bullshit. So I think the polls are representative of the conservatives who are trying to stay true to party the way that Paul Ryan used to, at least. I've lost a lot of respect <laughs> Paul for him. Ryan. You know, um, so I think, they're, I think they're polling for the good of their party to save face, but I think a lot of these people remember him getting into a Twitter war with fucking Snoop Dogg. They remember, you know, all these horrible things that he said about John McCain or, um, you know, Judge Curiel or, you know, women or all this other stuff. Like, all that sits there, and they've done a lot of defense fighting but you can only defend so long, and I think that these polls are really just representative of trying to save the party, not necessarily support for the man. So that's where I think it comes from. I could be completely off base and wrong, um, but I do think in November that's going to bear out again with those activated people and the people going, yeah, we're going to say we support Trump, but really, um, if you look at some of the elections that have happened in Alabama, in Virginia, in Pennsylvania, these people that ran on that Trump-like platform lost. 
and they lost for a reason. They'll support him in the polls. Yeah, they didn't like a, yeah, but they're they, not they, going to support him like a, voting booth. But a pedophile like won by like two 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 points or something. Like isn't that isn't that how it went down? Like is that is that something that you know Democrats should be cheering about? <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't lose by much there, and that went, the one the one in Alabama, right? That one, yeah, that special election. There's yeah, Roy about. Moore. So I, I mean, I mean, still, it can't just be like, all right, the other side. I mean, the other side, literally, they are there, you know, they're pedophiles. But I mean, it, it just it just can't be that. You have to have a decisive platform. You and you and you have to be able to you have to be able to fight. You gotta have to have to be like the Joe Biden as we were saying, you know, come at me, bro. That look, you just you you have to have that. You can't. That, I mean, that has always been my, my major sticking point with Democrats is that they really just are such pussies that Trump should reach across the aisle and grab them since he loves grabbing pussy because they, they just, they, a lot of them in the leadership roles from Nancy Pelosi to Chuck Schumer, they just don't understand this new reality in which we live, this alternate That's fifth, a great point. Fifth, fifth, fifth canon universe. And um, so there, there, there needs to be, they have to play offense. They never play offense. And my, my, my fear is I like, okay, so then they take back the house and then what? <laughs> and then it's, it, you know, and it goes back. They need back the Senate to, to, to impeach that it can't do shit except for just fucking give Trump somebody to attack to go. Nothing's happening now because of the house, the Democrat run. House. Right. But I mean, and well, there is also the possibility. I mean, I don't believe it because they have to defend way, way more than Republicans do on the Senate. Plus, like ultra like Trump districts. But there still is that that hope that they will take back the Senate. And um, then I mean, it seems like they always, always kind of acted as like this. This opposition party, this like holier than now opposition party, they did it during the, during the Bush years, and it's like they they when they have power, they still act like a minority power. Like it's just. I think that's a good way to put it. It's 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 so that's why you know I you know people get excited and thrilled when they when they see people when they see you know uh, people like Alexander Cortez they think to themselves like okay I mean there there's someone who not only you know age group you know same similar you know circumstances um, probably you know I mean of that generation but have the mindset that like you have to fucking go I mean you you have to go for the jugular you can't yeah you that's can't, not you Democrat's know, they, strong suit no it's not because it's not Republican classic I mean these that's that these aren't these are this isn't Republican classics right now we're 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 up against um seriously um I mean uh something that has never been seen and hopefully will never be seen again. I don't want a sequel. Sequels are always worse anyway. But um, so that that has been my sticking point, and I hope they they finally got the fucking memo there. So let me ask that. Bernie directly because I think we've got Bernie Sanders lurking back there in the background. Bernie, are you running in twenty twenty? And how if you do run in twenty twenty under the DNC, how do you stop yourself from getting fucked again? How do I stop myself from getting fucked again? Look, I, I, I am always, I am always going to fight for the little guy. I am always going to fight for the little guy. The Dem Democrats, they eventually are going to know. They got on board. They, they took my uh, platform, you know, with, uh, with uh, Medicare for All and fighting Wall Street. So I think now Debbie Wasserman Schultz, she's gone. That the party is going to, they're going to embrace Bernie. They understand Bernie. And I'm, I'm always going to be running. I'm running right now. As I'm talking to you, I'm running. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to an event in California right now. 
I don't, and I mean, I, I always fly commercial. I always, I always sit and coach. But right now, I am actually running from Iowa to California. And, you know, they cut super delegates. I believe the number, and I'll have to go back and look at it, but I believe it was by 30%. That has to do with you, right, Bernie? You got them to cut those fucking super delegates. Yes, I did. That was all. That was that was me. And I think you're the true unsung hero because you stood up even um, during the primary as, as part of some kind of deal. I think you did with Hillary. You got to cut super delegates, but now going into the midterms, they said they're going to cut de- super delegates by thirty percent. That's true. So, do you think you have a chance, Bernie? And and what will be your strategy against Trump? Because you guys are fucking worlds apart. How are you going to stand up to this bully? Well, here's well, you know, he's he's like Biff Pannon, and I'm like Doc Brown. So he's he's going to probably try to put me, uh, you know, institutionalize me like he did, and when uh, and Back to the Future. You are crazy, Bernie. I. He does call uh, you crazy, Bernie. I think what I what I I got to stick to my guns. There's I I know where I have to go. I know these people. I know some of these hardworking people. They're just disaffected. They're confused. They 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 were ignored. They were ignored by the Democratic Party for years. And uh, I I feel now that Bernie with Hillary not there with the Democrats hopefully understanding the things they did wrong to me in 2016. That they know that I am the guy who can go to these places, who can go to these working class communities, and I can win them over. Wow. So yeah, sure. I, I I feel I feel very confident that I can do this. I haven't I haven't officially, you know, I haven't declared yet. I haven't declared. But if and when I do, I feel that now is the time. I, I could have I was I wanted to do it. I tried to do it in 2016, but I feel like I could finish the job in 2020, and that's all I got to say. Nice. All right. Well, we'll get Bernie out of here. We've got to take a commercial break. Um, D, let's take a quick word from our sponsor. Do you remember a time when you could enjoy the simple pleasures of life? Like taking a stroll on a nice boardwalk on a warm and breezy day without worrying who among your friends on social media is posting about Donald Trump, Donald Trump, and Donald Trump. Can you no longer enjoy or even appreciate the beauty of a beach on a late summer's day without hearing a sound of a psychotic reality TV show host pretending to be president? Part of the beauty of me is that I'm very rich. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists. I would build a great wall, and nobody builds walls better than me, believe me. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me. Can you no longer enjoy a nice meal out with your significant other without worrying about yet another longtime friend you're gonna have to block on Facebook? Really hoping that it's not the friend with the kick-ass apartment and rooftop swimming pool. Is your judgment so clouded and are you so far from consolation that you would rather get hit by a car than endure another Trump tweet? Can you no longer enjoy a beautiful day in the park? 
without worrying if that park might someday become a chemical treatment plant. If you're experiencing all of these symptoms and you don't know why, you might have TFS, Trump Fatigue Syndrome. But not to worry, an answer to your living nightmare might already be here. Mularol, because there's a quick and easy medical solution to this crushing problem. Benefits from Mularol include being able to go on social media again without worrying if your appendix is going to burst, being able to watch CNN without hearing the sound of fake news, and being able to resume normal activities like bathing, sleeping, eating, and dressing yourself. Common side effects from Mularol include elation, euphoria, and the desire to dance like nobody's watching. Mularol, the fast and simple solution to Trump fatigue syndrome. Do not take Mularol if you're an alt-right neo-Nazi fascist, if you think climate change is a myth, and if you feel the best way to express your love and patriotism for America is not to ensure its elections are fair and free, but wearing a hideously ugly red cap made in Vietnam. Ask your congressman if Mularol is right for you. Michael, Michael, Michael. Wow. I know it's supposed to be fucking satire, but I kind of feel <laughs> like it's not. And I kind of feel like Big Pharma could come out with that drug and people would be eating them up like Pez. I ha or Skittles, because I actually am, I am, I, I have been selling this drug. It's available on Amazon and not, not in a generic form. So you're one of I actually Amazon have Mularol. But not hmm? on Etsy. You won't sell it on Etsy. You're an Amazon guy, right? Because you hate capitalism and freedom. Yes, absolutely. So are you, are you developing a vaccine using Mularol so that we can inoculate our children against um, fascism growing up? Like, is this, is this in the works? Can you go ahead and develop that vaccine now? That way we Yeah, we want the exclusive. In what are you working years? on back there, Michael? <laughs> Wow, it's a pretty ambitious plan. I'll have to get I'll have to get to work. <laughs> All right. Um, let me ask you this, because this is fascinating to me, watching you on social media, knowing you a little bit like I do. How is this this new political reality we live in, this new regime since fucking January twentieth, two thousand seventeen? How has it changed you as a comedian? Not as a person, not as an activist, not as somebody out there going to the polls, but as a comedian. Has it totally changed your work as a comedian, doing impressions, so forth? Or are you pretty much kind of grinding out the same work you always were? Well, I mean, that's interesting because when you do uh, a lot of clubs, you have, you've always had to stay away and sort of avoid the topical, edgy political material. Hence the reason why I have done this political comedy show, which I produced myself called Laughing Liberally. Um, but it... it so when you when you do the clubs, there's 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 always that atmosphere. There's always somebody who's going to be a Trump supporter. You will probably have somebody who's a Trump supporter, but they're far and few. And um, I've just gotten to the point where I just I don't care. I'm not I'm not catering. I will I absolutely refuse to cater them. And if I have a few, you know, like anti-Trump jokes, I'm going to do them. But it's like they're just so utterly um, they 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 don't. They don't. They don't think they're not on the same wavelength as us. So if I do an impression of Trump, they're just like, "Oh, is that really Trump? Oh, he, he likes Trump. He's doing an impression of him, even if it's like the most ruthless impression." And I'm like, you know, tearing him fifty new assholes. Oh my but, um, god, dude, that is so it, true. It I remember. Can, 
when my cousin was like very right wing and he's totally swung to the other side, sickened by all this. In fact, the football stuff, he's a hardcore Redskins fan. So when the football stuff, he's like, fuck this Trump dude. I can't even enjoy football anymore. And that was like the last nail in the coffin. But I remember once there was a South Park episode just annihilating the right. And he thought it was a pro-Republican South Park episode. And I was like, how are you not getting right. to make fun of you, dude? Yeah. No, no, no. No, they don't know. No, they don't. Um, it's, it's, you, 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 they don't. They don't get irony. You have to put it on a red baseball cap or something for them. I don't know. Make irony great again. But uh, it, it hasn't. I've actually, like, honestly, because I am just so becoming detached and, you know, politics was my blood and my, you know, my breakfast, lunch, dinner for so long that like I've sort of taken a step away from it. And like, I don't really do much topical when I, unless it's a political show. And obviously I'm, I'm going to, I'm doing a fucking fundraiser, it's a democratic fundraiser. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to do dick jokes, but I sort of have found myself becoming, having, like I said, Trump fatigue syndrome. And, um, I have I have all the Mueller all in the world, and um, I've I've can OD. Does it sound shit, like but... it's helping though? <laughs> I need a stronger dose. I have a very low <laughs> minimum base. Take it intravenously or something. I have like I have like like a little fun size Skittles are in the in the bottle, but um, so I I haven't entire I haven't um really been uh you know going after going after Trump in my stand up because it's just I, it seems like. From a business, from the business side, they just clubs kind of you know kind of frown on it. There's comics I know who have been like banned from clubs for doing stuff like that. It's it's kind of fucked up. So like it's in, in order with self-preservation and um, wanting to work, but there is a, a sort of level of censorship there that's that that's kind of frightening when it comes to being able to discuss Trump because he's just so fucking polarizing. I mean, it's nothing like it was with it. it, it it's we're Not in a like whole he... new reality, and I think that's what people don't understand is, like, people who just are now getting activated, can like, they're getting activated, and they're like, wow, is this how shit always was? No, we're no, in a new no, we have to use... Exactly. Um, Fern, would, would you agree? I mean, me and you did the ignorance equation. Well, I did the ignorance equation for almost four years. I think you were in the last year and a half of it. The, the reality that we live in now has changed to a point. Awesome jingle, by the way, man. I was I, I wanted to say that before, but oh, the kettle yeah, of fish was, jingle. Oh yeah, it's like it's like a it was like a Gary Sandler show. Yeah, up there with that jingle. Yeah, um, but we end up the, the politics always seep in, even though I'm trying to avoid the politics. It's part of my DNA. I can't escape it. Once they yeah. figure out, they just bring you back in. You never get in that way from it. Ha <laughs> ha, Pacino, um, Fern. But what was I saying? Yeah, like. <laughs> We did this. We we already we already like we were saying earlier with Mike. We already did our two tours of duty. Let somebody else pick up the fucking banner. Well, yeah, but at the same time, you also have to fight for reality, right? Because people feel like reality is subjective, and I suppose that's true to a certain point. But facts are not subjective. Facts are facts. They are facts. And what really blows my mind is the middle class working America that really relates to Trump. And honestly, the only reason they relate to him is because they are saying things or he is saying things that are in the back of their head that they have been scared to say. So they want to support him and stand next to him because he is their champion, but they don't understand that that champion is spouting hate. 
And it, it trips me out because, you know, you, you talk about making light of things and it's a joke. And, you know, I, I don't care what side of the fence it's on. If it's a funny joke, making fun of Democrats, Republicans, dude, it's funny. Like, I can take it with a grain of salt. But if you ever put Donald Trump in, like, a roast situation, dude, he can't even handle a tweet about him. He can't even handle sessions saying, I don't think this guy understands how long it takes for something to work in government. He can't even handle that. You put him in a room. Neither can his supporters. Yeah, I mean, this guy would stand up and his joke would be like, yeah, you're so poor, you can only afford one yacht and not four. Like, how do these people really relate to a guy like this? Like, and it's got to be only the, the, the hate that's coming out of his mouth because, honestly, on every his other level, hole. they have yeah, no that's comparison. So I said before, it's, it's, it's purely that they're willing to sacrifice the, you know, destruction, their own self economic self-preservation just because he's saying things that they've always wanted to say that they constantly think, you know, he's like, he's like the guy that gets pissed off that like, you know, his black coworker, like called him by his first name at Walmart or something. So they, they finally, they finally feel emboldened. And now that they, that they, so it's, it's like a real the, the most opposite kind of woke you want, but they do. So they, so they're opposite totally on board. That's perfect. Yeah. So they are, so that, so they're emboldened. And, um, that's, but so they also that's don't why give I said a shit about the constitution, about their Bible, about anything. You don't know how many times I've read articles or seen actual oh, yeah, comments think- from people who go, I don't yeah. care if I lose my health insurance, as long as I can drink libtard tears. And they're proud of that. They're like, I'm going to drink some fucking libtard tears. And it's like, but well, you're moving away from that, from that sheer idiocy. I mean, I think Bill Marlborough, he's like, how can you people, like you forthright, you're supposed to be, you know, you're southerly, you're supposed to be gentlemen. How can you accept this brash, perverted, you know, philandering New Yorker? How can you just embrace Real estate mogul, like banging porn stars. The list goes on and on. We could talk an hour about what's hypercritical. Don't have enough time. Yeah, exactly. I, and I don't have enough Mueller all either. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to start butt, butt chugging that like they used to do at UT with alcohol. <laughs> Time to butt, butt chug that prescription. All right. So it, it sounds like we're kind of in the same place, Michael. I don't know where we go from here. So let's do the only thing we can do and talk about voting because I feel like speaking means nothing, words mean nothing, reality means nothing. This coming November, are Democrats going to take the House? Is that a foregone conclusion? And can they take the Senate? And and how do they fumble the ball at this point? It's their election to lose. How do they fumble? Well, that's exactly what I was saying. Even if they if they win this thing, how do we know that they're going to act like they want it? And um, I think they I think they 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 fumble it by not um, by by losing sight by losing focus and I mean I think they really need to make this you know the the Supreme Court they need to make that a single issue um, have they learned anything not, since 2016 do you feel like the DNC has learned anything I I mean it's like it's I I, I really can't say I like to believe, I'd like to believe they have and um, but yeah I mean you still see the the snickering and sneering coming from Pelosi. I mean, especially after the unlikely uh, primary win of Cortez. So I, I, I really, I really can't say with confidence that, that the DNC has its shit together and um, that the um, 
that the party understands how to that 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 this this that they're supposed to win this election, but like you said, I mean, they totally can find defeat in the jaws of victory. Are oh, do you feel like they're as cocky as they were in two thousand and sixteen? Fern made a good point. A lot of people are like, Hillary's got this dude. This dude, this Trump guy's a joke. I don't care how many. No, no. I, well, I don't think that just happen. because. Well, I know in my in my in my state of Jersey, yeah, from Jersey, we'll fight about it. But yeah, in my state of Jersey, I know for a fact that. Um, so I knew a lot, a lot of the people who were working on Phil, uh, Phil Murphy campaign, him and his campaign manager, and they're like, all right, no, we're not taking anything for granted. We're not. We're not taking anything for granted. We're going to, so we're going to certain counties that, you know, we're not, you know, traditional Democratic strangleholds, and we're going to try to win in these places. And I, I mean, so it was a foregone conclusion. I, I see, I, I, at least maybe on the state level, I don't, I don't know nationally-wise, but I, I certainly... In, in, in some states and in a lot of elections in that off year in 2017, I feel like they did learn and that they, they, this arrogance, this, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, I think that that, um, hopefully that's gone. And, um, now that they, uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's fully understood and we can, we can actually, we can actually really get shit done. You know, I forgot. I want to get Fern in here about November, but before I do, I totally forgot you're from Jersey. Do you miss Chris yeah. Christie? Because you used to fucking hear <laughs> that dude. Yeah, like, like syphilis. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, totally you know, he was, he was, a, he was, he, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he was a, a comic sweat dream. And um, I actually, I ran a, a Facebook page that was very active and growing. That was New Jersey against Chris Christie. I remember like, that. That just struck what, me. What, what, oh we're, my God. we're so against him. But so now, you know, I had to rework that and retool that. But um, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not entirely. There's a lot of stuff that 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 Phil Murphy has been doing, and there's a lot of stuff that he hasn't doing hasn't been doing. So I mean, I'm not like I'm just a huge cheerleader for him. But um. But you don't have a page. Uh, you used to go to town on Christie, man. That was a fucking buffet of political nonsense with him. Oh yeah, well buffet. But uh, oh well, Bridgegate, yeah. I mean that that kept that kept me busy. <laughs> yeah. well. That was actually the the whole. Uh, oh, I don't know if you remember. I did the um, the Sopranos mashup with Bridgegate. Yep. And, uh, yep. I remember, uh, man. So, so he 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 did. He was a barrel of laughs. We and, used to do a thing uh, on the ignorance equation. It was like those old head-on commercials, like Bridgegate, apply directly to the forehead. Bridgegate, apply directly to the forehead. Because it was like Bridgegate 24-7 on Rachel Maddow for like three months straight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> he, he had always been, he had always been trying to, uh, trying to, trying to get the presidency. And, um I mean, who would have thought that, you know, a bridge would be behind the collapse of Chris Christie, not the other way around, big guy and everything. <laughs> um, but it's it just, it's how everything got fucked up for him. I mean, all of his arrogance, everything, all what he thought was going to happen, the total opposite happened. Um, he is not, you know, he's, oh, I'm going to get a snug on elected role. I'm going to be Trump's consigliere. No, because of Jared Kushner. Because of Jared Kushner, because I don't know if you know, but when Christie was just a mere, when he was uh, an attorney general, he was the one who had him. He prosecuted against him. He's the reason why Christie's dad went to jail. I remember that. And Fern, we used to make fun of Christie and be like, damn, dude, does fucking Trump have a, like a Reese's cup in his back pocket, keeping Christie back there so subservient, like an uh, obedient dog? 
And we also used mm. to always say that Christie and LePage from your state of Maine. Putin's in, the, Putin's in the pocket, like, leaving around, like, uh, Reese's Pieces, you know, like an yeah. Eve, just like Beef jerky. Well, we used to always say, Fern, like, in Maine, especially, your guy LePage was, like, Trump light. Yeah. He was the precursor to Trump. Yeah, that you know, and, and that's so funny because the first time I came on the Ignorance Equation, it was because we did something on page, and you were like, hey, do you want to come on and chat about this? Because I know this is your governor up there. I know, you know, you follow politics up there. And, yeah, I, you get, LePage was the precursor to Trump. Like, he, honestly, I really think that, that that platform of just being bombastic and saying anything you want, like, this guy threatened to burn down the Portland Press Herald up there because they printed an article about him he didn't like. You know, like, this is so, this is so Trump mentality. But that's how politics are shifting Trumpian. now. Like, we've had it makes me of sad. That. That's a phrase now, Trumpian. Yeah, well, well Christy, I mean, he went to, I mean, he was the screaming Northeast asshole. He was the original screaming Northeast asshole. And I think that's the upset me. He's like, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be the obnoxious screaming asshole in the Northeast. Not you, Trump. What are you doing? So I think that, like, he totally, you know, threw a damper on his plans when, like, he actually was winning primaries. And then, like, Chrissy just became a, like, a, so sad and pathetic. It was like Jeb Bush, the campaign ran. Like, a, yeah, the fat an afterthought, afterthought. And, like, even, like, even, like, you know, like, Ben Carson is, like, laughing at him. Yeah, ben I remember Carson. when those pictures oh, came out of him on the beach. That was kind of like the last, like he, like the beach was off limits to everybody but him and him as, and you would see pictures of him in like his little beach lawn chair. Yes, the memes, showing up minor threat memes, the golden girls. That kept that kept me going that Fourth of July. Those memes. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, Fred, we got to finish this up. Let's hit um, November again because I know you. We didn't have a chance to chime in. The DNC. Obviously, it's their election to lose. It is the House a foregone conclusion, and can they take the Senate? Because the numbers are saying they they've got a tough road ahead of them to take the Senate, which is weird, I right? Because the Senate's at like forty nine fifty one right now. Yeah, yeah, but still, there's a lot of you know a lot of constituency they're gonna that are gonna vote party lines just because. Um, but I think I think it really is their election to lose. I think that the House is a foregone conclusion for the Democrats. I think the Senate um, will be taken blue. Uh, I don't know if it's enough to really push through it with enough Republican votes to really push through an impeachment. I think that's probably like a 20% possibility, but it's definitely a possibility. It's just a real low chance. I think the only way the Democrats can really lose this election is if they bank as hard left as the right has banked right. And I don't think How the Republicans that even have possible? learned their lesson. Well, I, I think what you're finding is some of these Democrats that have won, especially here in Virginia, but I know in Pennsylvania as well, um, these Democrats have been a little more moderate versus banking hard left. And these Republicans the have not Lamb. learned from the mistakes of Trump, and they're still banking on that Trump. Uh, yeah, exactly. They're, they're banking on that Trump campaign style. But I think the people are sick of it, and I think that's shown in the polls in some of these special elections and some of these gubernatorial elections. And as long as the Democrats stay more moderate and really appeal to that that constituency that is really sick of this Trumpism that will actually vote D if it means that they don't have to deal with the crazy that a Republican vote has brought, I think they'll be okay. I think if they if they bank too hard left and push too hard on the other side, I think they'll drive people away. So 
it's really about playing a smart campaign and not a super negative campaign, but one that appeals to the constituency versus a negative vote in their campaign style. Well, let's end with this. Michael, does Trump's cult mean anything? In other words, I just referenced Connor Lamb. In PA18, they said Connor Lamb was a super liberal. Um, he was out to destroy America. And then he won, and they said it was rigged. And then, because Trump, of course, didn't endorse him. He was the Democrat. And then Trump said, well, he was really a Republican. That's why he won. And everybody's like, hooray for Connor Lamb. He was a secret Republican. When Trump can say anything and his followers go, okay, that's what I believe today, Fern thinks I focus too much on the Trump cultist supporter. Do they matter or are the numbers just – are so many people activated now that they're irrelevant at this point? That's tricky. I mean that's tricky. They, they, they're they're – they still show up, um, and they're they're the ones who obviously, clearly, they vote in, in midterm elections way more than we do. And um, I mean, the fact that he's still hovering around how how legitimate those polls are that his approval rate is still at forty two percent. I I kind of have to believe that 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 you know the Kool Aid is is still going strong. That the PCP turpentine lace, you know, meth methamphetamine Kool Aid is still going strong. Um, I, I I think I. It depends. It really. I have to. I have to see the outcome in November for me to truly believe that any that any of these uh, Trump humpers, these Trumpkins, any of them can can just recognize reality, not not ever denounce ever anything horrible, any terrible shit that Trump says about. But be like, okay, yeah, we can't. Yeah, yeah, you know, we lost. So and um, well, you're seeing that. Trump supporters now, Republicans, lifetime Republican Trump supporters now. And I saw this the other day on a friend's post. So I know it wasn't a bot. It was a real person said we need Putin to help Trump defeat the deep state, i.e. we need a hostile, tyrannical government to help Trump destroy our media, Justice Department and Intel community. Like, is there, there, there is, it doesn't seem like there's any limit. It seems like Trump could fucking burn a basket of puppies while raping a nun on stage. He'd be like, yeah, I guess it kind of had to it's, it's, per- it's performance art. It's performance art. He's very brave. Yeah. So, like, can, do these guys have a threshold where they, jump? I saw a couple jump ship on trade. I saw a couple jump ship on Helsinki, but it's so marginal. It doesn't even matter. Obviously the polls are the same. Is there anything he could do? Could he come out tomorrow and go, I love abortions and I'm going to take all your guns? And would the Trump people be like, well, I, I guess that's what I believe today? Uh, honestly, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to agree with you. I just, I, it's this, this blind. That's a huge political fucking hurdle because you've got 40% in the bag no matter what. Because it's always it's always victimization and it's always an alternative. It's 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 always going to be fake news. That he will because you can't. He says something unbelievably fucked up, totally provably false. But then immediately you can't just you, you have to call him out on it. See that's what happens. I mean the other side like calls him out. Okay, this is why this is bullshit. This and that. And then that's where it creates a situation where it's like I'm a victim, you know, I'm this is they're out to get me. It's it's that mentality. They're out to get me mentality always. 
That is a hard obstacle. All right, let's end there. Let's end with the self-victimization. That's a great point to end a podcast on. Michael, where can everybody find the Impression Guy and all things Michael Hain online? All right, well, the Impressions Guy podcast will be streaming. I'll be able to find that on iTunes and all. I'm, I'm trying to uh, hopefully get a first, find my first victim to interview Hawk McCyanide, to have a chat with Hawk McCyanide. Yeah, um, you really you need to because that guy is starting a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah, he's an asshole. But um, so they can check me out on impressionsguy.com. That's where I have all my videos where you just play Trump fatigue syndrome. You can actually see it, um, the visuals. And then uh, obviously on Facebook and Surviving Trump, Facebook group Surviving Trump, that keeps, that keeps growing. Um, and I will be performing this coming Tuesday at the Green Room 42 in New York City at 7 p.m. Do you, this is something I wanted to ask you earlier. I'm glad I remembered it. Do you still have any Trump supporters in your life? And if you do, like, how do you even communicate? I'm just talking a cousin, an aunt, anybody. And how do you communicate with them? No, I actually, well, first of all, I, I, I never really liked my family in the first place. I never really talked to but them. neighbors, like, coworkers, I'll anybody. No. I strangely enough, no, I mean, my, my parents, they are like, they're Republican. I think my dad doesn't know that he's actually like an Eisenhower Republican, but there's like no discussion where you're not allowed for like, for once I'm like, yes, because I was, you know, stifled for years, wasn't allowed to talk during the Bush years or anything. And he was, you know, super pro Bush back when it was like the state, they love the state. They love the, you know, national security and um, the the government federal agency. But, um, but so like, I'm actually like happy now. <laughs> like It's like no politics zone because I'm just so fucking exhausted. Somebody but made a great point back- the other day. They were like, are Democrats this November going to become the tree trade, pa- the, tr- the free trade, the free trade party? Like, because right. it has to be the opposite of Republican. How fucking bizarre is that going to be? Well, hope, well, hope, hopefully not. Right, but I mean, the Democratic Party in trouble in the first place is because they steered away from their core values. But nature abhors a vacuum, so somebody has to be the free trade party, right? And it's obviously not Republicans anymore. Nah, there's nah, there's still there's a lot of handful of them, and that's the whole the the thing behind this is with with um what Trump did with with the farmers, and I don't know, you feel like you know he screwed farmers. Michael Cohen should be paying for it, right? But um, uh, okay. That didn't that, that that didn't go over too well. All right, I'll rework that. Um, <laughs> but what happened there? He allowed Republicans to just you know make a lot of noise, but they can still it benefits them. It benefits them politically because in their districts they will you know they they're going to get funds and then farmers will be happy and they'll continue to vote Republican. But they you know obviously the whole all of them all of them a great great deal of them are um, you know still. I think we should end on this now. Whatever Trump says a Republican is, that's what a Republican is now. That's my personal opinion. If if he says Republicans are um, pro-choice now, that's what Republicans are. That's what it seems like to me. That party has no... I don't even know what a Republican is anymore. Google it. No response. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. All righty, Michael. I want to thank you so much for calling in today. I will definitely keep yeah. up with what you're doing, and we'll have you back around. Right, thank the you for having me. 
we'll have you back around the midterms because I definitely I'll be interested to get your commentary and see what what happens. I have a feeling some insanity is going to ensue during the midterms. Yeah. All right, right, man. Thank you for calling in today. Um, We will be back in September. This is our last Kettle Official September. We're going on break to learn more. Go to the Tin Cannery on tincan.media and check out our Dark August podcast coming Tuesday. I'll post that. Bye, guys. Amen.